0: future self podcast episode five ii equals io ideas in equals ideas out so get those ideas in there start making changes don't sit around and wait for it to happen on its own it's not going to happen if you do that you're going to end up being 65 with no money in the bank and nothing to show for all those hard work hours that you put in through the course of your life just grinding it out grind it out now before for a purpose make that purpose apparent To you and everyone around you, create goals to make that shit happen. This is the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast. Your place for financial and estate planning tips and so much more to make your future self your biggest fan. He's your host, Robert Ingalls. What is the good word, Future Self listeners? This is Robert Ingalls, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Future Self Podcast, where I am compiling knowledge, insight, and inspiration from some of the most accomplished minds every Friday. You've got big hopes, dreams, desires, and each episode is intended to provide you with actionable advice that you can implement in your life today to get you one step closer to making those dreams a reality. And because I desperately want to see that happen, I'm going to give away two copies of any book mentioned on today's episode. Just text the word FUTURE to 444 999. You'll be signed up for the email list, and two lucky listeners will be the proud owners of a shiny new copy of any book I have mentioned on today's episode. And because I am all about those audiobooks, I'll even make it an audible book if you want. Yeah. Again, that's future to 444 Now we begin every show with a productivity hack, a tactic you can implement immediately to multiply your productivity. Today's tip is a huge productivity booster. Make a daily plan every day. Now that's not a to-do list, an actual plan that you're going to follow throughout the day. You can sit for five to 10 minutes the night before or map it out the morning of, but try this for seven days. Sit down, make a daily plan so you know exactly where you're spending your time. If a distraction comes up and it's not an emergency, if the house isn't on fire, skip it. Move on. Come back here next week, next month, next year. Let me know how that worked out for you. Now, today's guest is a very special guest for me. Someone literally very close to my heart. I started this podcast because I wanted to change lives. I wanted to change the world in a meaningful, tangible way. And I know that that's a big thing to say, I want to change the world, but I mean it. I want to look back at the end of my life and see the number of lives that I changed, that I had a positive impact on. I spent years toiling away, spinning my wheels without a plan or a goal. And when I finally found my place, the first thing I wanted to do was share that with the world. So screw the fear of failure. Screw the judgmental people. Screw waiting until tomorrow. None of that matters when you're chasing something you believe in. It's all background noise. So why do so many people put off chasing their dreams? Because that first step is a bitch. It's difficult to get moving. There's so much uncertainty. It's new. It's terrifying. And it's so hard to just step out of your comfort zone and take that first step into that uncertain area because there are. There are going to be people in your life who question that decision, who think, you know, it's not a good idea. You have a career, you're headed somewhere, and now you're just kind of Veering off in a different direction, they may think you're kind of having a midlife crisis at some points. But if this is what you want and it's what you're passionate about, figure it out. But start moving in that direction now. A year ago, I decided I wanted to share my experience with the world, and I decided I wanted to start a podcast. I didn't know the first thing about podcasting, though, but I knew I wanted to do it. So I dove in head first. I did the research. I purchased the equipment. Thanks, Mom. And then I sat down in front of the mic and I hit the record button. But what did I have to say? What did nine months ago Rob have to say in his very first test recording, his first step on the journey? I think we should hear it from him. So, this is the first recording that I ever put together. I sat down, I didn't have a script, I just hit the play button, I set my equipment up, and I just I just started talking. Uh, so I'll warn you, it's, it's choppy, I swear, profusely. I apologize in advance for that. But I'm not going to edit any of this out. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is is because I want to show you this is my first step. This was step one. And you know what? I listened to it again today. It's pretty damn good for step one. It was my way to just get started because how do you get to where you're going but putting one foot in front of the other? And I did. I just had to sit down, put that equipment together, hit the record button, and just start talking to get comfortable doing this all of the time, because the only way we get better is by constantly repeating the same behavior over and over and over and learning from our mistakes when we make them. So I'm gonna apologize. I do swear too much. And I am entirely too close to the mic. Uh, So at some points, you know, the sound is bad. I'm going to bang around the mic stand a little bit, a little bit of that right there. I apologize for that, but I didn't edit any of it because I thought it was important to put the whole thing out there and let you hear it. And, And really, this is, it was my first step. And what I'm trying to do with this is to show you that it doesn't matter. Just start. Start taking any step it is that you can take in the direction of where you want to go. Since I recorded this, my business model has also pivoted in a different direction. But why I'm doing what I'm doing has remained exactly the same. I decided to release this today because it really is the embodiment of what I'm trying to accomplish. It's my step one in getting shit done. It's amateur it's unpolished, and honestly, some of it's embarrassing, but I'm not standing where I am right now without it. Do not fear messing up. Do not fear failure. Only fear regret. So without further comment, here's a guy whose future self is hella proud of him. Welcome to the inaugural podcast. This is where the magic's going to begin. All right, so what we're going to talk about today is why are we doing what we are doing? What is our why? It wasn't too long ago that I was stuck in a job that I didn't like. You know, I working nine to, nine to five if I was lucky, a lot of times more than that. And I had figured out a lot of other por- parts of my life that I really was starting to enjoy. I'd, I'd been eating healthy. I felt good. I had, I had the woman in my life that I needed um, that really complemented who I was. And those were parts of my life that I had never been happy with. But the one part, the thing that always nagged at me when I was waking up in the morning is I didn't really have a purpose other than make some money and pay off the bills that I had, you know, recklessly accumulated over that, you know, 35 years. And and I was an attorney. I'd been to law school. I'd, you know, felt like I had showed up the haters, whatever the fuck that means. And I, I wasn't satisfied in that area. I didn't have anything that was really driving me. I liked being a lawyer. I liked litigating. I liked solving people's problems to an extent, but there, I, I couldn't look into the future. Every time I tried to look into the future, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted my life to be like, but I had no idea how to make it like that. What I wanted was flexibility and freedom. I wanted to be able to go anywhere at any time without anyone telling me I couldn't. And the job I had gotten myself into was the opposite of that. I was having to bend to the wills of other people every day, all the time. You got to be here. You got to be there. The deadline is today for this. You know, anytime I wanted to take a vacation, I had to like check it out with the court to make sure they would let me go. And that was just unacceptable for me. But I didn't know how to do anything different. And really, the way I saw my life was working my ass off for 30 years to be able to finally hop in an RV and travel the country with my dog and my wife and and hopefully some children, um, whatever the future brings. But by then I'm 65. And you know, at 65 years old, you can't climb all the mountains. That I'm sure there's some 65-year-olds that can, but I'm not going to bank. I didn't want to bank on my ability to be able to do that at 65. But I didn't know what to do to start doing it today. And a couple of things happened in my life that really facilitated um, a need for change, or at least lit the spark that would lead to change. One of them was my wife. um, We had discussed before we got married that we would, you know, we both kind of wanted kids. Like It was something that we would like to do with our life. We had a lot of long discussions about it. And the pros and the cons, and we made lists, and we weren't sure. But one thing we said in the beginning was, you know, we want to. I seem to want it more than her, but it wasn't, you know, on top of my list. Uh, I think part of that was just my instability and not knowing where I was going or what I was supposed to do, and how I was going to pay for other people to eat. When sometimes I had trouble making ends meet for myself at the end of the month. Like I've taken more than one loan from my mom just to pay my employees, and. That's a stressful place to be in. So my wife came to me. We'd been married just a few months, and she came to me and she said, uh, I I really think that I want to have kids. And and, well, I missed a spot there. What I was saying is, before we got married, it was kind of a, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and we'll move on with our life. That was both of our attitudes. But when it became apparent that maybe it wasn't just going to happen on its own, I think that it made her reassess what her actual desires were and it became very clear to her that having children was more important to her than she at first had realized. And at that point she just, dis- we discussed making appointments with fertility doctors and, and things like that. And we started scheduling, uh, For anyone who's been through fertility, you know exactly what I mean by scheduling Um, our our lives around this fertility. You know, oh, it's on the calendar for Wednesday. I know what I'm doing Wednesday night. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it really made me say, oh, shit, I I can't I, I can't have another person in my life right now that needs anything from me. I'm not in a position where I can do that. And so I started the very beginning of making changes that needed to be ch- made in my life. And one of those was reading books. I knew that that was really one of the first places to start. So I kind of made a reading list of like things that I wasn't happy with about my life. And I went and found books that would address those. Another thing I did that was very difficult is I... Well, difficult personally. the The actual process is not very difficult, but it was a very difficult decision to make in my life. I went back to a contract attorney job that I had had several years prior, and it's one of those jobs where you sit in a room with a hundred other attorneys, and you click a mouse, and you know you review documents for large litigation. And I did that for the first ten months after I got out of law school. It's kind of a rite of passage for a lot of uh, newer attorneys uh, these days. Because the job market just isn't what it was, and there's just more attorneys than there is jobs. And so I had done that for about 10 months while I was trying to get my act together. I, I considered finding a job. I looked around a little. Nothing was really available. So I decided to start a law firm after that. And I think I did a couple weeks after I started my law firm here and there just to get some revenue to pay some bills initially when I didn't have any clients. But then once I started doing okay and paying my bills without needing to go back to the contract work, I stopped. And that's kind of in the world of contract work for attorneys, it's a really big moment when you're able to cut ties and go. It's like you've made it. Yes. You know, I, I got it. I'm I'm doing it. I'm a real attorney. I'm a big boy. And a lot of guys you work with or girls you work with at Doc Review, they just some of them are lifers. They and they like it and that's fine for them. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't part of where I saw myself. I knew if I saw myself there in 30 years that I was going to be very, very unhappy and perhaps made some really terrible decisions because of that unhappiness and I didn't want that to happen. So I got out and it was such a big accomplishment and people congratulate you. You see people around who know, you know, who know you, people you went to law school with, like, what are you up to? What are you doing? And you tell them, I started my own firm, you know, I'm, I'm not doing doc review, I'm making it. And there's this kind of almost need to a little exaggerate yourself. You don't want to seem low rent. You don't want to tell people, oh, I'm barely getting by. It's not really working out for me. You know, I'm paying my bills, but barely, you know, you, you want to present yourself as, you know, blue chip, like I'm making it, I am doing it. And that was not always necessarily the truth. But I think it helped in a certain way. It it helped my mental psyche and it helped me get out there and hustle. And sometimes I might have gotten some cases I wouldn't have otherwise gotten had I come off as, you know, inexperienced and not willing to maybe tackle some of the bigger issues that had been presented to me. But so, you know, we come back, fast forward to now or a few months ago and I got it, you know. I'd been getting emails about these projects, and I got one for a project that I'd worked on three years ago. It was a big litigation project. And I knew how to do it. I knew it wouldn't take a lot of training. And I knew I could do it um, with my eyes closed, basically. Like I could really devote 10% of my brain and do that project very well. And so I said, okay, well, I looked at my calendar and there was there was time. I I, could, I saw that if I budgeted my time in a better fashion, I could make it happen. And I had to make it happen. Like I, I had thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt that I had racked up since leaving law school. So I went to law school. I racked up a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in law school debt, combining with my undergraduate debt. So one hundred fifty thousand dollars in student debt. I leave law school. I start my own practice. I get some credit cards, like an idiot. And, and I rack up $30,000 of credit card debt while trying to build a practice. And sure, some of that did help me build my practice, but I was using it very unwisely. I was really using it like, hey, here's, here's some money. I'm just going to throw some money at these problems and hope for the best. And that is a shitty way to live your life. You know, if you're going to spend a dollar somewhere, make sure that that dollar is going to go the distance. And I wasn't doing that. And um, so... My first goal was I've got to make more money than I'm making now. And so I decided I sucked it up and I went back. And, you know, that first couple of days, my, my fears were kind of realized. I was not, I, I I was greeted by people that had been there three years ago when I was there. And and several of them, uh, I'm sure well-meaning and didn't really think about the way it would affect me. But several of them, you know, said the same thing. They said, you know, oh, you're back. Things not going well with the firm. And, and that's a kick in the nuts because, I mean, things are really honestly going as well as they've ever gone with the firm. But when they see you leave and then they see you come back into it, it's it's seen as kind of a sign of submission like you've lost and you had to come crawling back. And that was tough. I mean, you know, I, I have a much bigger ego than certainly serves me. I'll say that. Um, but I'm working on that. That's one of the things that I have written down as one of my weaknesses. And that's something we'll get to later is um, writing down the weaknesses. That's been very instrumental in my life, pointing out this is what's wrong and this is what I need to do to fix it. So that's that's one of them was the ego. And that was the ego hit was that kind of perception of failure. So I'm sitting there the very first day and they're trying to set my computer up. And these these businesses, I don't want to talk badly about them because I think that they are probably run about as best they can. There's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes I probably have no concept of. However, I'm sitting there for about six hours the first day. They tell me to come in at 12 sharp. So I get there, you know, 1155, ready to go. No one's waiting for me. No one is anywhere. I can't find the person who I'm supposed to be meeting. I finally get that done. They sit me down in front of a computer and they say, the guys in New York are going to be setting up your server and we'll let you know when that's ready to go. They said, here's the protocol, read over this, and if you have any questions, let me know. So I check out the protocol, I'm looking at it. It's all very familiar. Um, You know, it's been a few years, but the concepts are pretty much the same. So I spent probably an hour looking over that, kind of making some notes, this is what I need to do here, this is what I need to do there. So then, I got nothing. Nothing's happening, I, I can't work, but I'm there. You know, they're paying me to sit there. And so, I... I'm a big music fan. I, I spend a lot of my life listening to new, interesting music, and when I'm in a bad or funky mood, I go back to something that brings me a lot of pleasure. Like, I can flip on an album, and, and it'll just change the way I see the world. Um, so, I listen to a lot of music. So, I listen to music for a few minutes, but something was kind of nagging at me, and part of you know being back there was hey this is self-development we're moving in the right direction so I started browsing around for some books something I could listen to while I was there because uh, last time I'd done it I was I blew through the Game of Thrones books while I was doing uh, contract work back in 2011 2012 um, amazing books if, if anybody hasn't read them or they haven't been ruined by Facebook people who like to tell you about who died um, everyone died just. To take away the mystery, everyone died. Um, so I'm looking through, and i I found this book called The Total Money Makeover, and you may have heard of it. Uh, it's by author Dave Ramsey, pretty famous in his in his own right. Uh, gives financial advice, kind of a no nonsense guy. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to compare him to Doctor Phil, but he kind of reminds me of Doctor Phil, but a way way better guy. No disrespect, Doctor Phil. Not that he's ever going to hear this, but. He just, he he really approaches life and business with a kind of a no-nonsense approach, like suck it up. This is what you need to do. And if you're not doing it, it's your fault. It's no one else's fault. Life isn't shitty because everyone else is making it shitty on you. Life is shitty because you are making it shitty. You are not doing the things that it takes for it to not be shitty. Life is shitty for everybody sometimes. Some people have it a little easier than others. But his approach is, you know, life is yours and you got to grab it. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. And so I started listening to this book and he reads the book, which is a really, uh, I don't know, if I ever write a book, I think I'd like to read it myself as well. uh, Because it's like, really, you hear the emotion in his voice. Like these are his ideas and he's telling you about them. This is how I did it. And it's not some polished speaker, not to say he's not a polished speaker, but it's not some polished speaker who is just reading the book and making money. This is a man who lived these ideas, did these things, and now he's sitting down and chatting with you about how he did it. And, you know, there is a Christian aspect to all of his work. However, I didn't find it... uh, it, for lack of a better word, I didn't find it offensive in any way. Not that anybody should really be offended by someone else's religion unless they're trying to force it on them. Um, you know, like if Dave Ramsey showed up at my house and and he started, you know, trying to make me go to church against my own will, yeah, i, I probably have a problem with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I came to him. You know, I came to him looking for advice, and, you know, he was telling me his advice, and this is how I did it. And, and that's really the extent of it. He tells you how he went about things, how he did it, and ways that practical ways that you can implement it in your life. And part of his journey was spiritual. It had to do with um, Christianity and his faith. And that got him there. And and it's really not overbearing. He's not trying to sell you his faith for anybody who is concerned with that. Because I read some reviews about it before I read the book and people had some kind of issue with that. And I, I really think it's nonsense. I mean if you really care about making your life better, that's kind of shit is not something that bothers you anymore. Um, so I, I encourage you, if you live your life like that, let that shit go. You will be so much happier. Um, if people want to be Christian, let them be Christian. If people want to be Muslim, let them be Muslim. And if you go to them to get their thing, don't bitch at them because you don't like the way they're presenting their thing, especially when their thing has immense value. So I read this book, where I listened to this book. Um, that's, that's an important part of my story as well. I, I don't read almost at all anymore. But I do take in information voraciously. I'm listening to audio, but if you ever see me with earbuds in, it used to be music. I always had earbuds in. And and I still listen to music because I need that. I, I need that kind of break from the information as well. Something to relax and just really kind of get me centered. And but usually, I have. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to an audio book. Uh, I'm listening to a YouTube video. I just got it playing in my pocket because I can't figure out how to make YouTube play without the screen on. That's YouTube. Listen up. Work work on that. That's something I'd like to see. So, so I went from there. Um, I'm listening to this book, and I mean, just in the first chapter, things are clicking. He he was describing my life, like you're racking up all this debt, you're making bad decisions, you don't have any direction, and you're coming up with excuses for why you're in the position that you're in. And there are no excuses. There are only solutions to problems. And I mean, I came home, I finished the book in that in those hours that I was sitting there because um, 30 minutes before close, they showed up and they were like, oh, you're ready to go. So I reviewed some documents for 30 minutes. But I think the book was less than five hours long. So I finished the book. Um, I had made, I don't know, five or six pages of notes. And I was jazzed. I mean, jazzed is as, as jazzed as I've been in years about where I was going and what I was doing. I didn't even know where I was going, but I knew it was going to be something positive. I, I could feel it like I had just in that little bit of time, kind of sketched out some ideas about my life and where I, what I wanted and how I needed to get there. I mean, I made more progress in that few hours than I have made in years. And I came home and I talked to my wife about it and, and she was jazzed. Um, you know, I said, I read this book and she had told me about it before. She's been trying to get me to get my finances together for years. And, since I've known her and she's always been much more uh, financially savvy than me. I just kind of, eh, you know, you spend money on the things you want to spend money on and money comes, money goes. I never have any of it. So I don't have much to worry about was really the way I thought about it. You know, investing seemed like just an alien concept to me because what am I going to, I don't have anything, you know? And, And Dave says something really important in the book that is really good to remember. He says, you have to tell your money what to do or tell your money where to go or you'll wonder where it went. Heavy, heavy stuff there because that's exactly how I've been living my life. I'm never telling my money what to do. I am not, I don't have a budget. I don't know what is going where. I don't know how much I'm spending on anything. I'm just running that debit card. I want something. I buy it. I look at my bank account. I don't have enough money to buy it. I don't buy it. Um, Except when I run it up on a credit card. But then I just look at my credit card statement. Oh, I have a $1,000 balance. I have $1,000 left over on my credit card that I can buy. Oh, I'll buy it then. And, and that's really how I've lived my life. Like, Is there a way for me to procure the thing I want? Yes, then I'll get it. And then I, I told myself like that I was holding off and I was practicing self-restraint by not buying things that I didn't have the money to buy anyway and, and that was kind of my way of telling myself I was doing the right thing. Like I didn't buy an iPad for several years because I really couldn't afford one. And so I would, you know, I would tell other people like, oh, I really want an iPad, but I'm saving up. Um, you know, I'm putting together some cash. Um, you know, I really want it, but it's just not the right time. And all that meant was I can't fucking afford it. And so that, that made myself feel good. I was lying to myself basically, cause I was spending money on everything, just, Crushing it. I mean, everything that I wanted seemed like, oh, well, I need this, this is a treat for me. I am not doing all the things I want to do all the time. I deserve this. Um, so, yeah, I, I told myself that for years. You know, spending $600 on tickets for New Year's Eve um, to go to a show of my favorite band, the Aver Brothers, who I love. They're amazing. Go listen to the Aber Brothers. They will change your life. Um, good stuff. But,. I mean, and it was an amazing show, don't get me wrong. Like, I took my soon-to-be wife uh, to that show, and it just, it was mind-blowing. And, but that's how I lived. I, I just kind of spent the money when it, I had that 600 bucks, so I wanted to go to that show. It was worth it. And, and so I spent my money like that all the time, and that's really the part of the book that really rang out to me is, you don't need all these things. Like, what is going to, what is important to you what do you want do you want all these momentary experiences now or do you want stability later and that's what's been nagging at me is in 30 years am i going to have any money like if i look up in 30 years am i going to have an empty bank account again that would that, i mean that's just a devastating thought it's been nagging at me and and that's not what i wanted it's not what i wanted at all And so I, I read the book, I came home, I chatted with my wife, and and she was jazzed. I mean, she was really excited about the ideas and and how we were going to go about implementing those ideas. And that was really the first step. That was day one. And, and so I, at that point, I decided to start looking into other information. So I think I read... I'm not sure what I listened to next. I know I listened to another Dave Ramsey. I think it was called Entree Leadership because another problem I was having in my life was I had employees and I had no idea how to lead them. And I knew that. I knew that the problem was me, but I, they weren't doing what I wanted. I was not getting what I expected to get from them. And so the, the book Entree Leadership was very helpful because it, 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 again, he hit the nail on the head. He told me exactly what I was doing, why I was doing it, and how to fix it. So, if you need some help with money, and you need some help with leadership in in a business situation that you're in, or even just life situations in general, I will recommend Dave, Dave Ramsey. He He's really no-nonsense. His books are extraneously long. They get to the point, and they give you very actionable solutions. I mean, is everything in there going to be applicable to everyone's life? Of course not. But I was able to take a lot of that information and do a lot of positive things in my life with it. It was worth every penny I spent to get that information. He's got some podcasts. He's got some training courses. I hear that they're very good. That's not something I could afford to spend at the time, and I didn't. But I hear good things about them. Um, so that's, all, yeah, that's where we started. And then from there, that, had, that light had gotten lit under me. That voracious appetite for knowledge w- was present it was everywhere i woke up with it i went to sleep with it i was writing so much every day i mean just filling notebooks up with ideas information goals and i was happy i was as happy as i had been and, and i can, and the way i try to explain it to other people is it was a lot like falling in love for the first time really you know, that first time you actually really fall in love. Not like, you know, oh, high school's so fun. My girlfriend's so pretty. I think I'm in love. Or you know, you know you're in love at that time. But because I didn't fall in love for the first time in my life until I met my wife. And I fell fast. Um, it was just all-encompassing. like this. It's what I was looking for forever. Um, some, it, It's the way it made me feel. She made me feel so amazing. I could connect to another person and just let go, and that's, uh, we're going to get way off topic there, but it it was devastatingly beautiful feeling that I had in my life for that woman, and I was feeling a very similar feeling there, I mean, I used to wake up and think about her, I used to go to sleep thinking about her, you know, I I was, another factor was I was very concerned that, you know, you don't say these things out loud, but I was very concerned that she didn't feel the same way, and that this person who I was really losing it for was not going to be there, and I was going to lose this feeling. I certainly didn't want that. And and that's really how I started to feel with, uh, with this pursuit of knowledge and this joy that it was bringing me and these changes, I mean, that I was making in my life. I was very concerned that it was all going to go away, and we'll get to that in a moment, how I learned to try to keep that. But... So I kept moving, I kept listening to different things, different podcasts, um, just the more I read, the more I realized there was to learn, because a lot of these people, when you go to them, they point you to other things, here's another way, here's another thing. Um, there's some really amazing resources out there, just amazing people willing to just share their story with you for free, um, you know, these podcasts are free, The there's a lot of information out there that you can download that's free, videos that are free, just amazing entrepreneurs telling you their story and giving you actionable advice that can help you move forward in your life. You're hearing my voice right now because of this actionable advice, because I listen to someone else tell me it's not that hard. You got to get out there and do it. Um, A couple people that really had a strong influence in my life, I think the first podcast I listened to, I think I listened to Entree Leadership first because the book told me about it. I went there, and it's a good podcast. But one of the things about that podcast that I recognized pretty quickly is it—it it seems that it exists to drive a product, and that's great. A lot of podcasts exist to drive a product, but I couldn't really get past it. Like some of there were good ideas in there, very actionable ideas, but I was really looking for something a little different. Just I was looking for inspiration peppered with ways to get it done, and and so I kept looking around, and I discovered this podcast it's called Awesome Office, Awesome Office, and I, I do not remember the gentleman's name who runs it right now, um, who hosts it, but it's a phenomenal podcast. I, I think it's really pretty young. I think it just started maybe a few months ago. But I really enjoyed it. First episode, you know, kind of episode zero, uh, it kind of got me hooked. I mean, I don't even think there was a guest on episode zero, but it was really interesting. And I liked the host, I liked his attitude, I liked what his his why, I, I liked why he was doing what he was doing, and so I kept listening. And then I believe the second guest, or the first guest on the show, and it might have been the second guest, but it was one of the first two guests was uh, a man named Tom Bilyeu. And he is one of the founders of Quest Nutrition, a huge uh, sports nutrition company. Um, They make uh, junk food that tastes great that is apparently very good for you. I haven't had a chance to sample any of his wares yet, though I keep saying I'm going to. And, I mean, if you want to find a person who took life by the horns and just made it his bitch, it's Tom. This guy is been such an inspiration in my life. Um, I, if I ever get an opportunity to meet him, I think I'm gonna hug him. Um, I hope he doesn't think that's too weird. But I mean, he really just just that. In listening, I think he did two podcasts on Awesome Office, and I it was just like holy shit. I want I want the Kool Aid he's drinking, and. From there, I discovered that he has his own uh, podcast video series. Um, They actually record the video series, I think, in the studio at his company in California. And they also make it a podcast that's available for download. And so I started listening to that, and it's, I can't tell you how amazing it's been. I mean, he always has on just phenomenal guests. People that have gone out there that have done it, that have done real things to change the world, to leave real lasting effects on the world. And and I I know that Tom's out there and he's doing these things to create business for his company and, and brand himself, but at the same time, you can feel the authenticity in his mission. He he's always trying to to provide advice and help people, to help them move their lives in a very positive way. And the the intensity that he brings is infectious. And you know, I just want to listen to more and more and more. And he gives so many good tips. He has a reading list that if you if you haven't heard of Tom, go to his reading list and and it is going to be 15 books that will change your life. And if they don't change your life, your life is fucking amazing already then. Um, because you got your shit together if you can't learn anything and, and make life-changing decisions and and changes from the reading list. I mean, he's got books on there like Mindset by Carol Dweck. And and Tom introduced me to Mindset. I'd never heard of it. But it was instrumental in my journey at that point, because one of the things I struggle with my whole life was a fixed mindset, which they discuss in the book. There's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And the fixed mindset is uh, generally those people are, are going to have a hard time getting the things they want. They take each defeat personally. When someone is negative to them, they take it personally. And I'm oversimplifying this process. But it's a phenomenal book, and it really helped me assess who I was, the way I was reacting to situations, and what I was taking away from those situations. And And it really gave me the tools to implement on a day-to-day basis to try to live my life a little differently and get more out of every decision and every situation that I encountered. And And it was. it's. I, I think I spent $11 on that book, and honestly if I'd known what kind of change it was going to make, I would have given her $500. Um, you know, I, it's really a phenomenal book. And there's another book on there called Bold by Peter Diamandis. And if you don't know who Peter Diamandis is, he is just a phenomenal entrepreneur. Um, definitely one of my heroes at this point. He, his parents wanted him to go to med school. Clearly, a, you know, a brilliant child, but hardworking. Um, as Tom would say, we're not, you know, Carol Dweck wouldn't say, you know, you don't call people smart, um, people achieve the goals that they work toward. So that brought us back. I'm a couple of days into my project and I'm just going strong. Um, I'm, I'm writing because that project gave me the opportunity to do a lot of writing a, the software is really slow. You, I'm getting spreadsheets that are taking 20 and 30 minutes to load, so I just sit there and stare at a screen. So I took that time to to listen and to write, and to create goals and plans. And so I kept discovering new podcasts and new interesting people. Another one was Jason Nazar. Um, if you don't know Jason Nazar is Go find Jason Nazar. He has a talk. I think it's at UC Berkeley. I'm not positive. It's on YouTube. If you just search Jason Nazar, like I think it's like 20 tips um, to rock the shit out of your life is really what it should be called, Um, but it's 20 tips for something, something to make your business better. But this man, he's got that spirit. He's got the entrepreneur spirit. He started DocStock.com before he graduated law school and sold it for $320 million to Inuit. Uh, the people who created QuickBooks, and he's just a successful, driven entrepreneur. And now he is providing advice to people. I think he was also on the Awesome Office podcast. I think that's where I discovered him. And then he was also on uh, Tom Billuso Inside Quest. Those are both great shows. Um, subscribe to them right now, and and you won't you won't regret it. It's it's time well spent. So I was watching Jason Nazar and. You know, he kind of lived, I guess, a similar life to me in the fact that, you know, he was kind of going to school and doing things, but he really didn't know why. He was just kind of doing it because that's what you do. You're just checking off a box on the list. So I kind of related to that because that's what all I'd done at this point. Like I went to law school because, hey, it's fucking cool. I'll be a lawyer. And so after listening to all these things, I'm, you know, creating plans, and one of the things that Tom says, he, you know, what, what do you know how to do? Like the first step in being an entrepreneur is, is to go be one. You know, as as simplistic as that sounds, that really is the truth. So I spent a, I spent a little bit of time, and not too much, really, um, but I focused on well, what what do I know how to do that someone else would benefit from? I mean, clearly, money is important as well. Um, but at the same time, I said, well, I'll figure out the money. You know if I can figure out if I have knowledge and information to provide someone, is there a market? Are there people that could benefit from that? And I started thinking about that. And one of the things over the last couple of years that I've thought, um, so I've met with a number. I get emails, I mean probably at least a couple a month from either other attorneys or new law students, and they want me to meet with, uh, with these new graduates of the programs that want to start their own firms. They want to talk to you because you just did it. you know. They want to get some advice on how to do it themselves. And so I was taking those talks because I had been given that talk more than once, and, and it was very helpful for me. I had some good mentors. And so I'd take these talks, and, and eventually I was giving them kind of so frequently that I decided... To I'm going to adjust my mic. I had decided at that point to put together a checklist of things like get a bank account, secretary of state, how to handle the bar, um, just all these different checklists of things they need to think about and things they need to do in order uh, to get up and running. And and so when I was thinking of like well, what do I know that someone wants, I know how to start a law firm, and so that was it. That was really the big, that was my big idea at the time. You know, like, let's, let's do that. And so we, you know, I started running down that line, creating, you know, a business plan and I'm still in the middle of putting that together. Um, I've probably got about nine other side hustles in my brain that I've put down on paper that I also want to do, but I'm trying to, you know, stay focused on one at a time. And, but I, you know, started looking around, making a business goal, um, started talking to people about it. And one of the things you'll discover when you find your passion and you start talking to people about it, they listen, they listen intently. Like they have never listened to you before because for the first time in my life, I was talking about something I cared about that I was passionate about and it wasn't bullshit. I have been talking about bullshit for years about what I want to do with my life and what I'm doing with my business. And I mean, it was all things I was doing, but I wasn't passionate. The end goal really wasn't fully visualized. And and now I had real goals, big goals too. Like, I mean, and I tell people about my big goals. One of my big goals is, and this is, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I, I want to change, I want to make, and we're going to edit this out because I'm blah, blah, blah. but I want to make a change a substantial tangible change to the world around me something I can you know that people can look at and say that's great, like that's better than it was before um, when, when i when I die, I want people to be able to say i that the world is better." Because I lived in it. And I felt like in the beginning of this journey, just a few months ago, if I died, I don't think that the world is any better than it would have been without me in it. I mean, I, I know I've helped some people here and there, but I, I don't know that overall it really I've made any real substantial impact. And it's important to me that I do that. I, I really, and not even in an egotistical way, it's just... I've just, there's been so much negativity and I played into that negativity for so, so long and I don't want to do that anymore. I, I want to be a positive vehicle for change, for positive change in people's life. You know, peace in the Middle East. Um, <laughs> but I, I would, I would like to see the world be better. And that's that's where one of the things about Tom Bill you that really rubbed off on or not even rubbed off on me that really struck a chord with me is that that's what he wants he wants to see the world better than it is without him and, and, and not for a personal ego reason like oh I changed the world it, it, he's just passionate about it he likes good things and and I do like I I like good things I you know when I see a sappy YouTube video that soul pancake made you know, I, I gotta turn away. I gotta turn away if I'm in public because, you know, it, it really hits me. It really strums that heart chord and, and I love it. I love it. And I want to do those things. I want to see positivity everywhere around me. I want to spread what I have found to other people. And so that is really, that's really where we are right now in my life. I, uh, some of I'll tell you some of the ways that I have decided to um you know make myself a little better and my mic it keeps dropping on me that's something we're gonna have to figure out too how to make that stop happening so some of the things that I've been doing lately for the uh in furtherance of, of my business. So we've decided to call the business of teaching maybe graduating law students and, and maybe attorneys that are just looking for a change or maybe attorneys that started their own firms but just need advice on how to make it better. That's really the mission of our, of, of our company. But really, our why, the why of our company is to make the people we want We want to see, we're going to be editing some more, but we want to make sure that everyone that crosses our path leaves in better shape than they found us. Whether it be our suppliers, clients, um, you know, people that work for us, employees when it comes to that, anyone who has come across our path, we want to ensure that we leave them better than we found them. And that really is kind of our goal That's what, when we make every decision in the company, that's really what we're gonna think about. Is this going to positively impact everyone in the entire organization? Is this going to make us a better organization? You know, we wanna serve our customers, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that people are better off. If we sell someone a product, we want to make sure that product actually makes their life better. If they give us dollars, we want to make sure that they got their money worth. You know, not just that they got their money's worth, that it made them better than if they hadn't, you know, done business with us. And even if they never buy anything from us, just they come to us and they listen to us talk and they, you know, we provide them with some information. I hope they're able to take that and do positive things with it. That that is the goal. So having never really done anything other than start a law firm as far as, you know, being an entrepreneur, I dived right into entrepreneur books, Um, you know, bold by Peter Diamandis. Phenomenal book. Um, Start with why it it is also an amazing book. Uh, I'm just in the middle of uh, reading a book by Tim Ferriss called the four hour work week. And I know this book's been around for years and I've heard people praising it. um, And and I really, I guess I found it at the right time, but I'm sad. I didn't find it earlier. Uh, It's a phenomenal book with very actionable content. That you can start using today. And, and I, I certainly recommend anything that I'm going to mention here, I recommend to you. And generally, you're going to be able to find that on our website, go to our reading list, our materials, uh, there are affiliate links. And you know, we do get a portion. Of any sales that come for our affiliate links um, feel free to purchase them there if you can find them cheaper somewhere else feel free to purchase them there uh, we like to keep the site running it certainly helps with operating costs but at the end of the day if you can't afford to buy it there and you can find it cheaper somewhere else I just want you to have the knowledge I want you to read these books I'm not telling you about these books because I want you know to make some money at the end of the day I want to positively impact what's happening in your life right now. And if you can find that book used for $2 somewhere, buy that book used for $2 because it is going to have positive influence on you. Again, I'm not going to mention anything here, you know, by name that isn't going to positively make things happen. And if it's not, I'll tell you, um, I'm not going to try to sell you a product that I don't 100% believe in. So take, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, so a lot of entrepreneur books trying to figure out well, what do we do? What's the next step? Um, you know, I got my idea. I, you know, have a lot of my own ideas on how to make it happen, but what are some other ways that I can really get the ball rolling? And so I took a lot of meetings with a lot of different people, chatted with them about what they do, how they would do it, and and people were jazzed. People were so jazzed by my Enthusiasm. I mean, you, you will run into people here and there that will give you that, you know, well, that, you know, I don't know, like, and they, they just keep saying negative things about what you're trying to do. Like, you know, you tell someone you're trying to change the world and you're like, oh, oh yeah, it's a cute idea. You know, fuck those people. Because look around. There are so many people doing so many positive things to change the world every day. And and it's, ve- it's very doable. You just have to go out there and do it. And that's, you know, not to, let me look at Elon Musk. Look at Steve Jobs. I mean, I'm not going to delve into their personal life and say whether they were good people or not. But they did positive things that have positively impacted the world in real ways. And there's thousands of other entrepreneurs out there doing the same thing, positively impacting the world in, in very tangible ways. Everyone can do it if they set their mind to it and just go. So, we started going, and we started making plans, and one of them was that we're going to start a podcast. I have been told over the course of my life, I mean, a number of times, that I would make a great sportscaster. I always thought it was really weird, uh, because I never really thought about myself as a public speaker. I, I have a very vivid memory. In fourth grade, I was a very shy child and we had to give an oral book report and and, and I I'd, I'd read the book I was a voracious reader at the time I used to get in trouble for sneaking flashlights into my room and and reading at night and not you know getting any sleep and then I'd sleep in school and so I, I love to read and I read the book it was an amazing book um, I believe it was where the red fern grows and I mean, I've read that book again like three or four times through the course of my life. I read it in law school and still, you know, pretty emotional book. Um, And the time came for me to give my oral report and I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to get in front of the room and talk to this room full of my classmates, who I'd been in class with for at least a couple years at that point. Like, I knew all of them, but I just couldn't. Muster the courage to stand in front of them and talk to them about my favorite book at the time. I mean, if my mom had asked me about it, I'd talk to her for an hour and a half about the book and Old Dan and Little Ann and oh, but I just couldn't do it. It was I was crippled by fear, and and that lasted for quite a while in my life. I really didn't overcome that fear of speaking. To people, And I don't know that you ever overcome it, but I think that's one of the reasons that I, I pursued a career in law is because as I was trying to overcome that fear, it seemed like the best way to do it would be to speak, you know, to, in front of a courtroom to a judge and in front of a jury. Like, that's powerful stuff, because not only are you speaking, you're having to think on your feet and argue. And and I said, you know, there's no better way to show that I've overcome not being able to give a book report in fourth grade than to be able to cross-examine a hostile witness in front of a jury and a judge in a courtroom full of people. And, and don't get me wrong, that's a thrill. But, um, so I finally, I, I mean, I guess suppose overcame that to a certain extent. But, and I'm drawing a blank, so we're just going to take a sip of beer for just a moment. Mmm, that's good. So, where was I? Okay, so yeah, people had told me I should be a sportscaster. And I remember after hearing that, for the, I think the first time I heard it, I was 18. I think it was a girl I was dating's father told me that. Because um, I am super chatty. <laughs> um, for anyone who knows me can tell you that. Uh, I will talk and talk and talk. And, and I love sports. I really, really did love sports. And I still like sports. But it, it was a bit of an obsession in my younger years. It was just something for me to identify with that really no one could take away from me. Uh, and it really didn't take a lot to be good. You just had to keep up. You just had to keep up with sports and, and see what's going on. And, and people seem to respect that. You know, like, oh, you meet another sports fan. You can talk about who the best, you know, shortstop was in, in the 90s. And this is Derek Jeter. Uh, I mean, you know, that's a bit of a subjective opinion. But I'll tell you, screw you, because I love the Jeter. G- um, I really liked watching him play ball, but it was one of those things you could really relate to other people about, and people were passionate about it. I was passionate about it, and so I tried turning off the television, or turning off the audio on the television, you know, when I was by myself, and, and I tried to be a sportscaster. I'd talk and try to do the kind of the color commentary, and it always felt really weird, and, you know, you're hearing your voice outside like in your head and then like in your ears and you know you you hear your voice all day every day and it 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 just doesn't sound I don't know you hear yourself on a message you know and it just sounds like the weirdest thing you've ever heard and that was a pretty big thing for me I was like my voice sounds ridiculous and so I never really can put much thought into it but I'd been told that a few times so it was always kind of that thing like I'd really like to do something like that so when the opportunity came up and i was you know thinking about starting a business i was listening to all these podcasts and i was like that would be an excellent idea would be to start a podcast and you know interview attorneys who have become successful in their fields as solo practitioners small firms starting their own you know gig basically and making something successful out of it and and all that thrilled me as soon as i had that idea it was just go you know, I started researching podcasting equipment, and there's an amazing, amazing resources out there for how to do a podcast. Uh, podcast Answer Man is, uh, is a great resource. He will absolutely sell you some things, um, but he'll sell you good products. I mean, a, a number of the products he has recommended I own. Um, I, I will say I bought them at, at cheaper prices elsewhere because I just couldn't afford it at the time. I will certainly, um, if that circumstance changes, um, absolutely... Buy some things from his affiliate links, and maybe from him personally, because he recommends some very good products. I'm using the Heil PR PR40 right now that he recommends. It's an expensive mic, and I bought it used and and got a better deal on it because it was used very gently. But you know, I saved myself 100 125 bucks by buying it used. But that's a really good resource that I use, so I want to give a, a a shout out to Clips Ravenscraft. Um, over at Podcast Answer Man. Um, he's been very helpful in, in getting my podcast off the ground. But I, I really enjoy this. And, and this is really the first time I've sat down with the mic in earnest and actually recorded something that um, maybe somebody might hear one day. I'm certainly not planning on putting this out for publication anytime soon because it's just a test. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving around on the mic Uh, moving the mic back and forth from my face to see what angles sound better, what don't. Um, This rig keeps sinking on me and that's an issue we're going to have to correct at some point, but I mean just sitting here the last 30 minutes or so let's see how long it actually has been that I've been chatting with you guys. Fifty-two fucking minutes. Holy shit! I like to hear myself talk. Um, so yeah, uh, I uh, I have enjoyed the hell out of what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to interviewing guests and you know continuing this search and and, and this journey. It's been phenomenal. So many positive things have happened in my life since I made these small changes. Um, another book. Uh, before we, you know, end up signing off. But there's another book called um, Hell. I'm I'm having trouble coming up with it. It's uh, Habits. It's not The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's on my reading list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But it's um, something about overcoming your habits. Uh, I'll come up with it later. But it's a book about being able to change your habits and how habits are formed and that was very instrumental as well in helping me create keystone habits that would help me, you know, improve aspects of my life that I wanted to. Like as it stands since August, I'm 15 pounds lighter than I was then. I, I I was even a vegetarian for a couple months leading up to August, but I wasn't, you know, I was eating a lot of fried foods and, you know, carbs and, and just, you know, not the carbs are the devil, but you know, carbs, I shouldn't have been eating potato chips, things like that. And, and I wasn't, doing things the proper way and it kind of gave me an idea uh you know keystone habits are important and one of the keystone habits or just one of the ways i decided to do that was stop making every single thing you come across a power of you know a willpower issue you know you you see some fried food and you're like oh should i have it this time or not Well, if you have already determined that, no, you're not eating fried foods or maybe you eat fried foods on Friday. I I knew a guy who used to call them fried Fridays um, and I thought it was a lovely idea, you know, and it, you know, sounds cool. So if you have a, you know, a setup routine where you don't eat fried food or you eat fried food on Fridays, oh man, that fried fish looks amazing. It's Thursday though. You don't eat fried food on Thursday, so you don't even have to think about it anymore. That has gone now. There's no more willpower to exert on not eating the fried food because you don't eat fried food on Thursdays. And and it's that's the way I've been able to handle a lot of my issues. You know, when I when I walk past something that is just amazing, like fried fish, I mean fried fish with vinegar, with malt vinegar and tartar sauce is one of my favorite things to put in my mouth. It is phenomenal. But A, I always feel like shit after I eat it for two reasons. A, fried food with tartar sauce makes you feel like shit because your body's like, what have you done? And and number two, I feel bad because I'm like, man, that is not good for me. That is going to do bad things to me. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to eat healthy. And so, you know, I've created a system where I'm not eating those things at certain times. Um... And that way, when I come across something, you know, when I'm out to lunch and I'm at a restaurant and they don't have anything that I can really eat that's in the diet I've created for myself, I just don't eat it. I'll go somewhere else. And, you know, if you don't have those strict structures in place, it's very easy to say, well, it's just this one time. You know, just this one time turns into Taco Bell for me. So, (laughs) you know, it's a really slippery slope that you can't let yourself get on because if you... Make every decision about willpower, you will lose. Eventually. I'm not saying that, you know, you don't have good willpower and yay, willpower. Stop using so much of it, though. If you save your willpower up, you you will have it when you really need it. And, and I cannot overstress how important that has been in my life and how important I think it can be in yours. Save your willpower for when you're going to need it. Create structures and routines that will keep you from having to use it. Um... So yeah, that that that's been major in my life, and I, I know I was headed somewhere. I was going to talk about something else before signing off, but I'm a rambler. I ramble. Um, so, so yeah, me and me and my partner are going to be working diligently over the past, over the next uh, couple of months, to try to get a product together, something we can bring you, something that you're going to get value from whether you give us a dollar or not. You know, we're going to provide, we're going to put a website together. It's going to have real actionable content on it. We're going to start interviewing some really, uh, get some guests that are going to have a lot of really good stories to tell you a lot of good information that you can learn from and, you know, take away and implement in your life that day, you know, things we want to bring you actionable content and we're going to do that. That's our list. We're using, uh, we just started using Evernote. We're seeing how it goes. I think I like it so far. Um, it's it's set up really well. I'm not going to endorse it for you yet because they do have paid plans and I don't want you spending $1, uh, you know with my recommendation, unless I really believe it. So so we'll come back to you on whether or not Evernote is going to stand the test of time. But so far, I think it's really good. Uh, You can make notes. You know, if you got five side hustles going, you can make a stack for each side hustle, and then you make notebooks inside of that for all the individual areas. You can clip, uh, you can put pictures in, you can put sound bites in, you can clip uh, from the internet and send them right in there. I'd say the only issue I'm having so far is I don't know if I can just tell Siri to make a note in there for me. I have not seen that that's available yet because I spend a lot of my time, um, you know, I'm moving. I'm, I don't ever stop working. I'm moving from one place to another all the time now. And so I'm constantly stopping what I'm doing, clicking, you know, my headset and telling Siri to make a note for me. And, and she just makes those notes. And if I could do that with Evernote, that would be huge. Um, I'm not sure exactly how we do that, because you know I, my notes right now are very scattered. I have to sit down every once in a while and put them into the categories that they go in, because I have notes everywhere. But the note-taking option of Siri is phenomenal. I encourage you to use it, because uh, Josh and I were talking the other night, and he told me, he said, "Oh, I had a fucking amazing idea." And honestly, I probably added the fucking in there um, because I curse entirely too much. But he had this idea, and he was in bed. And he was already laying down. He wasn't in the reach of his phone. And he just, uh, he said, I'll remember it, you know. And he said, it was such a good idea. I know it. I just can't remember what it was. So that, that's why I encourage you to, you know, make, write your notes down. If, if you don't have Siri or a note-taking app uh, that you have right with you, write them, write them down somewhere. Write them down on a piece of paper. Um, something that you're going to keep up with and put them into something that will save them. And because later, you're, you know, you don't, you're going to forget all of your ideas. If you just keep them in your head, you're going to keep moving. It happens to me all the time. At least once a day, I'm in the middle of trying to take the note and I forget what the note was about. And it pisses me off. Um, so that, you know, write them down because I have found amazing notes while I was going back and compiling things that I'm like, holy shit, that's such a good idea. And that you know, so if I hadn't made that note, I'd never have that idea, and I'd be starting at square one again. So you have amazing things in your head, and the more that you listen and consume knowledge, the more ideas you're going to have. That's just how it works. Tom Billu has uh, he, he says in his show that he has a sign over the top of his uh, door, I believe in his office that says I I equals I O, ideas in equals ideas out. Boom mind-blowing, because he's so right. That's exactly what happened in my life. I started putting all these ideas from these really amazing, hard-working people who had kind of forged that path in front of me, and it provided me with so much inspiration and so many ideas of my own that I have been able to put into action in my life. You know, I'm my debt's not a lot lower than it was, you know, a couple months ago, but I can see it. Like, I am worth negative less than i was worth negative you know a couple months ago when i started this journey you know i can see it i have an application on my phone that tracks my debt tracks my spending and, and and i'm i'm in a better place now because i put ideas in my head i got ideas out of my head and they have made a positive influence positive impact on my life so get those ideas in there that's uh that would be my advice get the ideas in start making changes Don't sit around and wait for it to happen on its own. It's not going to happen if you do that. You're going to end up being 65 with no money in the bank and nothing to show for all those hard work hours that you put in through the course of your life, just grinding it out. Grind it out now but for a purpose. Make that purpose apparent to you and everyone around you. Create goals to make that shit happen. All right? I'm going to leave you... With a little bit of this. All right, future self-listeners, I cannot tell you how proud I am and how good it feels to get that out there. It was a very vulnerable uh, position to put myself in. I question whether I should do that or not, but I'm so proud. I really am of all the work that I've put in, all the tough decisions that I made to move closer to my goals. Every single day matters, and I don't want you to waste one more waiting for the right moment to move. Just move move. Now, and a couple of things I talked about in there, I discussed Evernote, and I have vetted Evernote, and I gotta tell you, it's a good app. Um, I'm the I pay for the premium subscription. I use it every day. I'm using it right. Now, It's where I keep my show notes. Everything that I do is contained in Evernote. I can use it on my iPad, my phone, my computer, anywhere I am with an internet connection or without if it's already on the device. I have access to everything in my life. However, I'll tell you, I did not figure out that uh, ability to just get Siri to make a note in Evernote. However, I figured out a workaround And if you have an Evernote email address set up, you can have Siri send an email to the Evernote address, and the body of the text will end up being a note. Um, But that's an episode for another day. I talked about a number of books in here, and they really—they are still some of my favorite books. Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck that we have talked about on the podcast a couple of times. Um, Bold by Peter Diamandis, phenomenal book. The Power of Habit is the book about habit I was trying to come up with. That really was a very good book. I've gone back since then and listened to it again. Uh, that's how important it is to me. Start With Why is another book in there that was very good. And then the Dave Ramsey books, The Total Money Makeover, and Entree Leadership. Now, any book that I mentioned, I'm going to link in the show notes, and I'm also going to put affiliate links up on the blog so you can click on those. Any, uh, any books that you buy through those links, A portion of that will come back to us to help us, you know, kind of keep the lights on and keep pressing record every Friday. And like I said, I desperately want to see those dreams of yours become a reality. I'm going to give away two copies of any book I mentioned on today's episode. Just text the word FUTURE to 444-999. Again, I am so grateful for everyone that took time out of their day to spend it with me. I love receiving messages from you guys. Seriously, it makes my day. So please send me a message. Tell me what you're up to. Where are you? Where are you trying to go? What struggles are you encountering getting there? I want to hear about it. All right, future self listeners, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. As always, if you enjoyed what you heard, please go on over, hit that subscribe button in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to it. Leave us a rating. Let everyone know how you feel about us. Um, you know, Feel free to share this with your friends. Throw it out there. That's the way that we're able to keep doing this every week and building it up. So until next week, get out there. Give your future self something to cheer about. Get after it. You've been listening to the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast. If you're serious about planning for the future, then we have exactly what you need. Check out our website at www.ingleslawfirm.com for more actionable estate planning content and grab your free copy of our ebook. Six things you need to know before making a will or living trust. Thanks for listening. Now, get out there and give your future self something to cheer about. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat and Pinterest at Ingalls Law.